It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Hello, sports fans. Well, hello there. Local sports, national sports. The G-Cat has got you covered. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Time to tee it up and let it fly. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Check it out, George. Howdy. It's Wednesday, January 17th. Gus Kattengill with you. Thank you. Joining us and tuning us in, Sports Hangover on your home for Pelicans basketball, ESPN New Orleans Saints back at practice. We'll be on that injury report or not. Is there, is there a fear that maybe Taysom Hill could be on there? We'll see. Uh, when practice ends today, it should be before the end of the show that we start getting some, some word. I will say this. The team always puts out on days of media availability. Who will be available? Last two weeks, the team has not made a starting quarterback available on Wednesday. They did today. I'll tell you about that next. Uh-oh. Guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. It's hump day. Hump day. I know you can hear me. Let's get stupid. Today's more that what the camera Wednesday hump day is what it is. It is Shock Gina Digital Underground Head Coach Sean of the Baton. You've reached the midway points of your work week. Is this the weekend you're putting up Christmas lights? Tell me. My wife thinks it's too early. I'm like, we've done that the last four years. Because I normally am on the road for Thanksgiving due to women's basketball, which I will again. Words of wisdom. I know in the past I've done it like the Friday of Thanksgiving, right? Most people have the day off or whatever, and you do it that weekend. I guess it sort of depends if Thanksgiving's early or late. This year's the last full week of November. It's the 25th. So if you do it after, it's not even a full month you have the lights. I don't know about you. It it takes a while. (laughs) Mine's easy, a four or five hour job. So if I'm going to do that, I mean, here's the thing. I can only compare it to October. Actually, I put up my stuff in September. I know I'm a weirdo. I love Halloween. So my spookiness goes on in September. And Halloween's not until the 31st. So it's over a month that I have my stuff out. Um, like when it comes to Halloween stuff. So that's why I'm like, I, yeah, I mean, Sunday seems like a fair day to do it. I got a game today. I got a game Friday. I got a game Saturday. Sunday, Sunday, I'm doing my lights. Am I the only one? I see some people already have it. A little early for that. Um, I think this weekend makes sense because next Thursday, eight days from today, it's Thanksgiving crazy how fast it goes all right um got an interesting show today your wednesday guest will guillory is coming up at 12 30 we're kind of going back and forth these in miami shoot arounds already happened pell's taking on the miami heat tonight miami an eight point favorite playing good basketball nine and five i know they have five losses i was at good basketball i'm, I'm they're they're pretty good and we're getting closer, I guess, getting closer to uh, seeing Zion on the court yesterday in the afternoon. 4.03 to be exact. Pels releasing a medical update on Zion Williamson. Pelicans announcing that forward Zion Williamson has been cleared to participate in contact drills, beginning with one-on-one workouts. And progressively working towards full team workouts. 
Williamson, as you know, underwent uh, imaging on his fractured right foot on Thursday, November 11th, per the team. He was then medically cleared by Dr. Richard Ferkel of Southern California Orthopedic Institute and Dr. Scott Montgomery of Ochsner Health. Two people cleared him. Williamson will undergo further medical imaging on November 24th. Look at the calendar. That is a week from today. That is the day before Thanksgiving. Further imaging. At that point, they will determine his availability for full team workouts. Additional updates will be provided on his anticipated return to play in a timetable accordingly. So what do we know? He's been cleared for one-on-one. He's going to do that for a week. Let's see what happens. A week from today, they'll scan his foot. Then the doctors will get together. They'll analyze those images. They'll speak with the team and then make a recommendation whether he should be doing five-on-fives, which is the next step. And then you work him in somehow, right? So, again, a week from today is when is the day before Thanksgiving. So, if I'm, you know, pulling up the old schedule. And see, Thanksgiving's the 25th. So the 24th, we're getting rescanned. They will be here at home taking on Washington. Then they go on the road to face Utah in a back-to-back. Friday the 26th, Saturday the 27th, Monday the 29th is L.A. So let's say the scan a week from today says, looks awesome. Foot looks good. Healing great. He feels great. Five on fives. I, I guess your work. I, I don't know when you're practicing him. Is what I'm getting at. When, when is that five on five work going to be? Um, because again, you play that night. So Thursday, short practice. Get on the plane to Utah. You play Utah Friday night. I guess during you know shoot around. I, I just I, I'm trying to think of when can you test the five on five. Does that make sense? I, maybe Sunday in between the game against the Clippers in L.A. Or when you come back. Because that's Monday the 29th. Then you play Dallas December 1st here. So maybe that Tuesday. I, I'm i still going with December. I still think maybe you see him at home against the Mavericks Wednesday, December 1st. That's my new date. I'm writing it down so I don't forget. Wednesday, December 1st is my guess. I don't know. At this point, let's just guess, huh? What do you think? That would be my guess. Again, a week from today is Washington at home. That's just to scan your foot. Then if if it all is well, get out there and play some five-on-five. I'm just trying to figure out when is that going to happen. The next day, Thursday? Maybe I to me you you ramp it up you get closer maybe you see him against the Clippers I don't know but it's at Utah it's at Utah Friday Saturday the 26th and 27th hop on a plane then you play Monday the Clippers come home my guess maybe this first full practice Tuesday I don't know it's a long flight that's the thing you come back 
you play Monday, do you leave Monday night? You probably fly back Tuesday. So I, I don't know when he's going to get that five-on-five five is my point. It's going to probably be, I don't know, bench guys. I don't know. I honestly don't know. I'll ask Will when he joins us at the bottom of the hour. When are you going to get your five-on-five five work? That's the problem when you're playing every other day. When, when is that going to happen? When is the team going to have a full practice? Because my guess and they've done this already, if they play at night on the West Coast, they're probably not going to leave to the next morning, or in this case you do, and then how you know healthy and ready to go for you are you to be able to get some 5-on-5 work? Who, who's the 5 he's doing it with? Is he doing it with the starters? Is he going through a walkthrough? Is that a good test? Like I would think a full practice, shape, or form. Now, now, it doesn't have to be an hour, but I, I would think if we're going to test him and make sure he's healthy and everything is ready to go, you got to play at least five minutes and up and down the court, right? I mean, I, <laughs> that would be my, I don't know. I honestly don't know. But that's your time frame and that's your your games. So we know he's been scheduled to go one-on-one. He's getting rescanned next Wednesday the 24th. That's Washington here at home. Then they're at Utah, at Utah, Friday, Saturday the 26th and 27th. At the Clippers, Monday the 29th. December 1st, home against Dallas, at Dallas, December 3rd, at Houston. Again, these are all short trips being on the road. So I, I, my guess, I'm just saying December. I don't know. We'll see. So that's your, your Zion Williamson Pelicans update from that standpoint, right? That's where they are right now. Um, As far as your New Orleans Saints, they're back at practice today. Philly, noon kickoff, Eagles a point and a half favorite. Right? So, what's interesting is the Saints normally, um, normally, the last, well, normally before you didn't know who the quarterback was, the quarterback always speaks on Wednesdays, right? We've always told you that. Well, the last two weeks, you haven't. You've you've heard from them on Friday. You know, I don't know. It's gamesmanship. It's what. Look, it makes sense, right? I mean, let the other team figure it out. Well, the Saints put it out already this morning to local media members. Trevor Simeon is speaking today. So my guess would be, and I said this earlier in the week, he has had no turnovers the last two weeks. I don't think I can look at the last two weeks and say that I think that Trevor Simeon is perhaps at fault for the two losses. I, 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 I don't feel that. I don't feel that at all. Now, Sean spoke this morning, and I'll play that here in a quick second. But I, I, I don't feel that that was the case. I'll take your opinion on it. But this was Sean after the game on Sunday, full of frustration was asked about Trevor's play. So Sunday, and then I'll play what he had to say today. Yeah, yep, I would, I would agree. Okay, and the reporter said, did he play well? He said he would agree. So uh, you got a couple of yaps on that. Maybe a little, little further on how you determine in all of that aspect of it and seeing, you know, Trevor Simeon and, and his progression. Here's what Sean Payne had to say. Well, look, we've seen him as a starter in our league with Denver. We, we see him we saw him as someone that was uh, real quick and accurate with his decisions. Um, you know, again, it, never having had any firsthand exposure, you, you learn a lot once he gets here. So those would be some of the things initially, though, his athleticism and, you know, 
the the tape that we had seen when when he was playing as a starter. So I think one of the things that you look at when it comes to Trevor starting or or, or staying up there again, it just it, it he's playing well enough. Guys have to catch. Line has to play well, right? I mean that would be my guess here's Sean on determining the performance of a quarterback and, and who to go with. Yeah, that'd be easy. I mean, that'd be easy to say. Um, yeah, what, obviously we grade all these plays. We grade how they're playing. Um, I, I think that would be a, a, a simple solution rather than looking at, you know, turnovers or penalties or uh, drop balls. Um, I, I think he's graded out well. And again, I, I, I will take your opinion on the next segment is open. If you'd like to chime in, Saints fans, how do you think Trevor Simeon is played? And, um, is it enough? Do you think to overcome some, some of the missteps or not? Well, we come back out of the break as well. I'll play Traquan Smith. He spoke this week already and he acknowledges some, some pretty good sound. I mean, very, you know, he, he thinks he's playing better than he was. The injury has hampered him, but he was asked about the position group. And his thoughts on it. And I think his response is pretty interesting. Let me tell you quickly about DraftKings Sportsbook. It's coming soon to Louisiana as in live. At the end of the month, it will go live. Like the digital ways to uh, pull a little chat on some things and get some Christmas uh, cheer, right? So DraftKings Sportsbook wants to give you $100 in free bets just for signing up today. No deposit required. You know who DraftKings is already. I've been telling you the last couple of months about their daily fantasy app where you can play daily fantasy sports. Download that. You can still have fun with that. This is different. This is the sports book. This is on any kind of games. The daily fantasy app, that's pick your starting lineup, stay under the salary cap. You can have fun with millions of dollars in prizes. This is different. This is, I'm going to wager, right? I'm betting on this game, college basketball, football, whatever it is that you want, um, from the comforts of your own couch. And they want to give you $100 in free bets for signing up today. No deposit required. Use the code LaRose. Download the app, DraftKings Sportsbook. It's different than the other app. And then uh, away you go. That easy, right? So go give it a try and for when it goes live. Got to get it before it goes live. You want those $100 in free bets. 800-998-1003. When we come back, we will chat with um, Will's called in. We'll see what we have. We're going to speak with Will Guillory at the bottom of the hour. We'll chat with him about Pelicans basketball. So don't go anywhere. It's the Sports Hangover on ESPN New Orleans. Have you heard about the Camellia Bay Resort? That casino in Slidell? Well, it's it's really more of a resort, you know, like they have in Biloxi or Bears in Lake Charles and Baton Rouge. So what happened when they opened? Oh, that's in the report that St. Tammany's Economic Development Agency just released. It's nearly 200 pages, seven chapters. Jeez. I know, right? But the numbers are impressive. Says here that resort communities like Camellia Bay, they do pretty well when they open. Really? Yeah, and Biloxi, like Charles and Baton Rouge, 
Look at these facts. Unemployment down as much as 40%. Wages grew a third. And home values up 20% and more. When the economy booms. Yep, crime goes down. Crime dropped 16% in Baton Rouge and 24% in Biloxi and Lake Charles. Looks like Camellia Bay could do that for Slidell. Yeah, and then the North Shore wins. Download the research and see the facts for yourself. TheNorthShoreWinds.com. Paid for by the North Shore Winds. In the aftermath of Hurricane Ida, it is obvious that our community has taken a big hit. As we all rebuild and come together in the best of ways, the way we do it in South Louisiana, helping our neighbors, family, and especially local businesses, Home Attractor and John Deere would like to thank all of our customers for their business, supporting, and understanding while we work through the damage with plans to be better than ever as a business and a community. Home Attractor is open for business and here to serve our community. We have new John Deere equipment to help get the work done. Home Attractor at the foot of the tunnel on the east side. On August 29th, 2021, Hurricane Ida wreaked havoc on our community, leaving thousands of people feeling helpless, vulnerable, and desperate. We refuse to let insurance companies do the same. At AMO Trial Lawyers, we have assembled a team of not only attorneys, but also contractors, adjusters, engineers, and estimators with the focus of maximizing your claim value and assisting in your recovery. If you think your insurance company isn't treating you fairly, get a name that insurance companies know by calling 985 985- 446-3333. I'm Matt Ori. And I'm David Ardwin. And we are the AMO Advantage. Energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafouche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette. Plus, the river parishes, too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply. 985-223-8807. Highway 311 in Homa. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Only one performance a day. Let's get this show on the road, eh? Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. You know what? Will is so excited to talk about Pelicans basketball. Good way. We're going to do it now. Will Guillory of The Athletic covers your New Orleans Pelicans. Had shoot around already this morning. Sir, how are you? Nah, Gus, I'm just excited to talk to you. It doesn't matter what the topic is. As long as we're not talking about Saints receivers, because that's what I'm not excited about. Uh, I hear you. I already got photos of the Graf doing his morning walk along South Beach in the hotels. It's it's a beautiful arena right on the water, man. It was fantastic. Um, So it's a nice place. But look, we, we got some news yesterday, and I just opened up the show with it. With Zion Williamson cleared to go one-on-one. Now, the Graf was listening. They just gave me some clarification because I was like, when are you going to get your 5-on-5? Five five? When are you going to practice? I went over the schedule. A week from today when he gets rescanned, that's Washington. Then you're at Utah for two days. I, I went December 1st hosting the Mavs, but I'm like, when do you practice? This is what he told me. You don't have to have a full practice to do five-on-five. Five. It's similar to what Brandon Ingram did to get geared up last week. It's basically four five-minute quarters with uh, a bunch of other players and coaches. Practice basically can be an hour in between games, and you go up and down the court for about 20 minutes to try to see your conditioning, things of that nature. So that gives us clarification. Obviously, Todd's at practice. He can tell us that. So there you go, Will. That, that gives us some clarification as to how, in between games and road trips, you're going to somehow ramp up Zion. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the plan. I mean, we, we've seen with Zion before. It's not exactly like he comes back all the time at the front end of these timelines. <laughs> so I'm not as optimistic about him being back maybe December 1st or uh, that early. But I think, regardless, it has to be uh, – It's no doubt that it's good news that he's 
you know, increasing his workload, they're allowing him to do more contact drills. A week from now, he can potentially be cleared right. uh, to participate in five on five practices. So, uh, I mean, and there's no doubt that he's getting closer and he's on his way back. Uh, I wrote in a story that published last night that he's looking good. He's moving around more. Uh, I think as you talk to people around the team, they're excited uh, that, you know, he's mm-hmm. starting to wrap this thing up and he's feeling better. So they're excited about what he could possibly do and just how soon he's back. Well, I, I opened up the show, and, and if people know me, you can kind of tell it in my voice. I, I, I'm I looking forward to, and I've been saying this, I, I'm as frustrated as anyone. People covering this team's frustrated. The team can be frustrated. No one wants to have two wins at this point of the season. That said, not having Brandon Ingram for most and not having Zion yet, it's hard for me to completely be ready to hit the nuke button to fire this or trade that or do all that because – Will, I honestly don't know what this team is going to be until you actually have all the pieces. This is what I know right now, and this is not me trying to purposely look at it as half full. Three of the starting five, right, before Brandon came back this past weekend that you're going to have can get you double digits. I mean, Valley has been incredible. Jonas has been incredible. I I like what Graham can do. If Nock can get me 20 a game, I'm happy. Give me 20 from BI, 20 from Zion. That's a starting five that can, that can compete, I think, in this league. And then I'm seeing this team compete, which is a number one issue in trying to get wins. Am I, am I on the same path here with you with that? Yeah, I definitely feel the same way. And I think Willie Green has talked about this a lot that, you know, the, the wins have, of course, been bad and they've had some really bad stretches. Uh, but I think the fact that, you know, guys like McKeel, uh, Devontae Graham have been really thrown in the fire and forced to really, you know, apply themselves and step up in a big way. Uh, I think it's going to make the, it's like life easier for them once Zion and B.I. are really rolling. And I think the concern, especially for a guy like Devontae Graham coming in, was, well, he's going to take two stars. And now he kind of understands what his role is, how he fits in the offense, where he can get his shot. So I think once Zion comes back in, it's going to be a lot easier for those guys, obviously. And they're going to have a better understanding when they get in. Uh, but people are saying that I'm really excited about is Jonas Valanciunas, the way he stepped up. And Willie Green has said he's played at an all-star level. I mean, you know, I don't know how much consideration you're going to get when you're on the 2013 team, 2-14 uh, team, whatever they are now. But I think he's been incredible so far, the way he's playing, the way he's shooting the ball. Right now, leading the NBA in three-point percentage, Jonas Valanciunas. Uh, but I mean, uh, just, uh, <laughs> but I mean, those guys are playing really well. I think McKeon in particular is starting right. to come around after a really rough start to the season. I think you can see light at the end of the tunnel for this group. Because remember, this is mm-hmm. the old days where you got to get to the eight seed. All you got to do is get to the ten seed, and they're about four and a half minutes back right now in Sacramento, and uh, it's not like they're a, a beacon of like you know positivity over there in Sacramento right now either. So I think all you got to do is start getting a couple wins under your belt. Get some positive momentum and then get Zion back in the lineup. And this thing can start rolling. I mean, we saw it a couple of years ago when Zion came back with a knee injury. They were right there for the eighth. Uh, but again, I think they've got to start getting some wins before Zion comes back. So it's not too big of a hole once he's back in the lineup. Speak with Will Guillory, covers the Pelicans for the Athletic. You know, Will, so again, you know, seeing what he's been able to do. And, and then I, I want to compare and contrast because I want to get your opinion on this. Because again, when you're 
having just two wins and some of the players that used to be on your team are having success. And look, I mean, it doesn't help that ESPN puts out a graphic today and shows the numbers are better for Lonzo. I'm like, you know, having Levine and DeMar DeRozan and Caruso may help. That's a much better basketball team. And I've always felt this, Will. If he's your third guy, if he's somebody that, you know, is ancillary with the scoring and stuff, that's great. It's over here. He needed to be a top score you need to knock down threes and I know he had a game Lonzo Ball we knocked down seven but again having those other two guys may help either way when fans see that and 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 you see Brian Windhorse today say hey the Pels are looking for guys like Drew Holiday and Lonzo Ball and they had them and that's where they are and Pels fans should feel sick to their stomach I I get that to an extent but again we haven't seen what this starting five can do does that make sense yeah, I completely agree. I think it's hard to judge this team until we see all the pieces there. And I think, you know, it's hard in today's, you know, hot take world to say stuff like, hey, both things can be true. I think one, you know, I've come on your show plenty of times in the past and say, hey, I thought they should have kept Lonzo. I thought him and Zion were going to be a great fit moving forward. His improvement from the three-point line uh, was really impressive. But I think it's also fair to say that he's in a perfect situation right now with Chicago. And you didn't even mention Nikola Vucevic, a former all-star there in Chicago who can put up 20 a game for them. So they have scoring options outside of lines of where they don't have the pressure on him to score as much as he had to do in New Orleans. I think the games I think back to a lot for that Lonzo era uh, were those two going to state games. Remember at the end of last season where it was kind of, hey, uh, it's kind of a playoff game to get to the plan, right, between those two teams and they had the one game. Uh, I think it was like a Nickelodeon game where Lonzo was just terrible that entire game and the Pels ended up losing. And then the next game, he ended up scoring like 30, and they won the game. And I think too often the Pels felt like they were kind of reliant on Lonzo scoring. And if you know anything about Lonzo, he's not a guy who wants to come in and score 20. Now, he doesn't want to feel that pressure. He wants to be the guy who fills in all the empty spaces and makes the other guys around him better. And I think being in Chicago, like you said, with Levine, with DeRozan, with Vucevic, it allows him to play a role that's much more comfortable for him rather than being that number three scorer behind D.I. and Zion where his inconsistency kind of stood out a little bit more, right? Uh, so I think, uh, again, I, I still think they probably should have kept Lonzo. It would have been better for them to have a young point guard with a, with a bright future. Uh, but I think just to look at what he's doing right now in Chicago and saying, wow, the Pelicans made such a terrible decision, I think it doesn't take the entire picture in because right. that fit in Chicago was so great for him. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Fit has a lot to do with it. And look, a lot of the guys that are getting starter minutes, a lot of minutes, those are going to be your key contributors off the bench. Again, I, I just, I, I have to see what this team is going to be. Um, how Devontae Graham fits with Zion and BI and, and then Trey and some of these other guys and stuff. So it, it is unfortunately a, a kind of sit and wait sort of thing. At the same time, Will, I watched that game at Washington. That was a win. I mean, that was an absolute win. And I guess, Maybe I've been conditioned to this, Will, to, to try to find a positive of this. At least I didn't hear the following phrase that's been banned from the show for whatever reason. Never heard it. We actually got the reason. Brandon Ingram said he, he shot himself out of the rhythm. Brandon Ingram said he held on to the ball too long. Coach Green told us what was the problem on offense. Valanciunas told us what. At least we didn't hear, Will, for whatever reason. Now. They know what they did wrong. <laughs> I'm just wondering why. That's all. Yeah, I think, you know, the big thing uh, is something that we've talked about a lot with Brendan Ingram is him having an understanding 
of, you know, how to close out these games, when to be aggressive, when to take a step back. And I think it's something he's still learning. I think it, it can be frustrating at times, and rightfully so for Bell's fans, because it's not like this is the first time we've had these type of conversations about at Brandon Ingram at the end of the game. He struggled a lot in the clutch. Uh, but I think, uh, again, uh, it's going to help him out when you have another option like Zion to take some of that pressure off him. And I feel so, I feel like so often D.I. puts too much pressure on himself. And he wants to be so great. And he wants to do everything for his team. And at times it can be a detriment to himself. So I, I think that's something that he's still learning how to deal with and how to you know, really execute in those situations. But again, right. I think it's just important for this team to go through that stuff together and learn before Zion comes back, because I think that transition is going to be a lot easier for them once you have a guy back who puts up 30 a game, shooting 50%, right? <laughs> I think everything becomes a little easier when you got a guy like that. Uh, but I think, again, uh, he has got to be a little bit smarter in those situations. And I think a couple of those shots, if you look at, uh, those are shots he makes all the time. And a couple of them just rolled out. He had shots right there in front of the rim that rolled out. So I think that's a little bit of bad luck. But again, I think, He's just got to learn how to not put so much pressure on himself and feel like he has to do everything because he does have offensive options around him. And I think I asked about this after the game. I think they got to trust Jonas a little bit more in those situations as well because he can get you easy shots. He can he knows how to get to his spots. And I think too often they just want to be a perimeter jump shooting team when they have a dominant post presence down there that they can rely on. And I think they need to use him more often in those situations. There was two tweets that I talked about after the game that it really stood out to me, and it was Christian Clark's, you know, he detailed the misses during that stretch. And then I spoke about yours, where Valanchunas's last shot was at the 11-minute mark. Like, I, you know, I obviously they've reviewed it and seen that. But, yeah, I mean, I, do you think he's a guy that, again, quote-unquote close or not, I just – I, I need a good shot. I, I need a good shot, right? I mean, that's a guy that maybe can try to go depend on. Do you think he can do that for the Pels? Yeah, I think you're exactly right. It's not like uh, you're going to come down and throw it into the post every single time. The Jonas, I think we've seen in 2021, that style of offense just doesn't work. Uh, there are too many long athletes around. Uh, nobody's running the, you know, the Shaquille O'Neal offense anymore in today's NBA. Right. But I think at times you just got to mix it up and, and just kind of give the, the, the defense a different look. Uh, I think you got to make your, your offense a little bit more unpredictable. And I think you saw over and over again late in that game, there was a D.I. playing one-on-one, taking jump shots, driving in the three people while Jonas is just standing there. And remember, a lot of these times late in games, teams are putting smaller dudes on Jonas Valanciunas. So even if it's a matter of dumping it off to him, letting him throw it off the, uh, the backboard, and maybe getting the offensive rebound uh, is an easy way to get him to uh, look. Or just, you know, dumping it in, letting him get fouled. And we, like I said, he's, uh, evidently the best three-point shooter in the league right now. So the guy's got a shot on him. So, uh, I think you got to trust him a little bit more. And I think, you know, uh, I, I keep saying that B.I. just putting too much pressure on himself at times in these late-game situations. And I think that's where you've seen his struggles pop up. And they've got to understand that they they got a big-time scoring option at center. They're not mm-hmm. used to that in New Orleans. They haven't had those the past few years. But they have it now, and they need to trust him in those situations more often instead of just throwing up a whole bunch of jumpers and hoping for yeah. the best. All right, we're going to close out on this. I promise I won't do it more than right now. I just got to get it out of the way. I'm going to do it once a show because it's who they're playing. Pels could have drafted Tyler Hero. He uh, is averaging 21.9. Is he one of the guys? Look, they got Butler. Obviously, Kyle Lowry is there as well. But Hero, I mean, I feel like every time I see a Heat highlight or a Heat win or a Heat game, he's been very impactful. I, I, I think he's going to be a key tonight. 
There's no doubt about it. I mean, the guy is a front runner right now for the sixth man of the year. And, and personally, I'm just really upset. I didn't get to see that Tyler how hero sit, you know, before every game. I mean, the guy is wearing some wild stuff. And, and I wanted to see that walking through the Scooter King Center. Uh, but, yeah, I think I say this so often, you know, leading to these Pelican games, I think so often you can look at the outcome of these games and say, how did Devontae Graham and Nikhil Alexander-Walker match up against the other team's backcourt. And I think you saw in the second half of that game against Washington, mm-hmm. KCP got hot, Spencer Dinwiddie got hot, oh. and Devontae Graham and Nikhil Alexander-Walker just didn't have the answer. And I think those guys need to be able to hold their own because just like we talked about with Jonas, this is a perimeter league. This is a mm-hmm. guard-driven league. And if your guards can't trade punches with the other team's guards, then you're going to have a long night ahead of you. And I think this is another team in Miami where they've got the Kyle Lawrence, the Tyler Heroes of the world, you got to be able to match what they're doing when they're getting hot. And if you don't, uh, it's going to be a lot on B.I. And, again, uh, when B.I. is putting too much on his shoulders, we've seen how he can struggle in those moments. So they need Devontae Graham and Nikhil Alexander-Walker to show up tonight and give themselves a, a good chance against a really good Heat team. And that we know they play defense. So you're going to have to show up and play hard if you're going to win. All right, well, enjoy Miami. Thank you so much for your time today, sir. And uh, we'll see what the game happens here when we tip it off. 7.30, your time. 6.30, our time. Thanks, bud. Appreciate you, guys. Yep, and Will Guillory covers the Pelicans for the Athletic. Pels will come back home tomorrow or tonight and will take on L.A., the Clippers, on Friday before heading back out on the road at Indiana on Saturday. Minnesota on Monday here at home. Then Washington, as we said, that is the day that Zion's going to be scanned. Um, I, I'm still going December 1st. Keith, I see you from the West Bank. I'll hit the break. I'll come right to you. It's the Sports Hangover in ESPN New Orleans. Do you know that Rouse's Markets has their own digital coupons? Digital coupons are coupons that you can access online. Get offers for your favorite national brands at www.rouse's.com and redeem them at any Rouse's Markets. With Rouse's Markets digital coupons, there's no need to keep track of paper coupons anymore. Everything is online. Just present your phone number at checkout. Digital coupon. Just one more way you save shopping at Rouse's Markets. Other banks charge fees on savings and checking accounts. Doesn't sound good, does it? Capital One reimagined banking. So it sounds more like this. With Capital One, you can open an account with no fees or minimums in five minutes. Get started now at a Capital One location or online. Sound good to you? This is banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? For consumers only. Approval required. Offered by Capital One and a member FDIC. Copyright 2018 Capital One. Get in zone. AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? So your wipers are streaking. It might be time for a new set. We've got a great deal to help you get the job done and be ready for the weather ahead. Right now, you can get a $15 AutoZone gift card by mail or email when you buy two Bosch Envision wiper blades. And we've got even more ways to shop. Just order online with our free same-day store pickup or next-day delivery. Get in zone, AutoZone. Start your job today at AutoZone.com. Restrictions apply. 
El Paso Mexican Grill and Steakhouse Highway 1 in Raceland features fantastic, authentic Mexican food and steaks. They have great lunch specials Monday to Fridays, plus enjoy happy hour from 3 to 7 p.m. with two-for-one margaritas. And on Fridays, it's two-for-one margaritas from open to close, plus live music on Friday evenings. El Paso Mexican Food and Steakhouse on Highway 1 Raceland. Phone. We want you to be on the show. Now back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengat. 800-998-1003. Jordan, the intern's question of the day. Pretty simple. Uh, Saints fans, give us your top storylines heading into this weekend's matchup against the Eagles. Give us a call, 800-998-1003, or tweet it. At ESPN Radio NOLA as well. Thoughts on the Pels, you can always do that as well. And also... I've got a little, little something to that Saints one too. Is this a must win? I've, I've called it that. With the Bills, Cowboys, and Bucks, three your next five weeks, the Jets are sandwiched in between there before the Bucks. Like you can't lose this game. I'm not saying you can't beat Buffalo. I'm not saying you can't beat Dallas. I'm not saying you can't beat Tampa. You gotta get, you, you can't lose Sunday, right? Keith, thanks for calling, man. How are you? Hey, how's it going, Gus? And it's Pete. Pete from the West Bank. Oh, hey, Pete. Thank you, man. Hey, no problem. Um, yeah, touch real quick on the whole Lonzo deal. I mean, Lonzo's a lightning rod. I mean, everybody either loves him or hates him. But, I mean, the key factor there in that whole situation was the pickup of Alex Caruso. He saves a lot of headaches oh. for uh, Lonzo. That means he doesn't, get to, he doesn't have to play point guard when he doesn't want to play point guard. He can just go spot up in the corner and do whatever and play defense when he wants and you know, so it kind of makes him look a little better because he's the fourth or fifth guy, really. But um, as far as the Pelicans, I mean, you're not going to know anything till after the first. Uh, we finally got some good pickups this year. You like the guys we got on board, but again, they're just they're guys. You know what I mean? They they help out the players that we're supposed to have here. So without Bi and Zion being on the court. You know, you can't expect mm-hmm. these guys to carry the team. And Jonas Valanciunas, he, he's a he's a great piece, but he's a he's your third guy. You know what I mean? He's supposed mm-hmm. to come in and help out again, Bi and Zion. And it's just it's a rough start with these guys right here. And you can't expect them to do much better than they're doing. They're competing every night, and yeah, we we let a couple of them slip away. Yeah. But um, I, I I like the effort I'm seeing out of the guys. I really like what I'm seeing out of Graham as far as playing the point guard position. Um. He doesn't seem to try to do too much with it. I mean, he's trying to score because he has to in certain situations because we really don't have the scoring. Mm-hmm. No, you know, when he's hitting, he's hitting, and when he's not, you know, <laughs> he's not. That's that, That's always been his his M.O. I mean, you like what you see out of him. He, he works on things, but, I yeah. mean, he's doing what he has to do with the team that we have set up around him. You know, and that's the thing, Keith. It's like, believe me, I – I'll be the first one to uh, to call for a trip to the airport or, you know, do this and do that. And like I said, I, I think for, for Zoe, it's a nice fit over there. And, man, look, I have said for the last More two years doing. especially, yeah. dude, Caruso is incredible. I mean, I, for what he does, yeah. like his role, he's one of the, the, the keyest people. Look at what the Lakers are struggling with right now, right? And um and I know mm-hmm. LeBron's not playing, but literally their beat writers are absolutely crushing the fact that they didn't keep him and he didn't want to leave, right? So he's helping th- that area too. Like I said, it's it's a good 
and nice fit for Alonzo. You just heard fit Will say yeah. he needs a low-pressure situation and just go be himself, Correct. and that's fine. Uh, on this team, one of the questions we talked about, Keith, going into the season and the offseason, it's like, okay, so what are you doing with Zion? How are we building around him? If you're saying it's now those two, that's why I keep saying that everyone says, hey, build around them. He needs support. Okay, but what are they doing? Like, who are they? How yeah. are you going to build around them? And what is it that you're going to be known for? Milwaukee last year, and I kept saying this, Keith, when you looked at it, they're two top players, Middleton, and you could throw in Holiday as well. But they won the finals. They made a key play. You saw Giannis with the block on the defensive end. Drew with the big shot or defensive steal and, and, and an assist. Middleton with a massive three from the left wing. Like, those are the guys. If the Pelicans want to be this team that is a playoff team or contender, Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram need to be the two pieces. Has to be on the floor. You're they right, have to be on the right. floor first. Right. Exactly. Have to be on the floor first off. Exactly. And yeah, the switch from Drew from Booker to Chris Paul changed the series. Yeah, I mean they were dominating before they switched. Once they switched Chris Paul from Booker, who wasn't doing good the first two games, they switched him over to Chris Paul. Now, Booker's doing good, but now the guy who runs your offense can't get the ball to everybody that needs to get it going. And look, and look how, how Graham and everybody else is going to be played or have to play the other opposing team's defenses is going to change when Zion and B.I. are together. I mean, it just is. I mean, you know. Not to whether... mention the shots that's going to be able to get Troy Murphy. He'll be able to get a shot off and then be a little more yes. relaxed. He won't feel as much pressure to make the shots as well. Yeah. Like, like I said, it's just, it, it's frustrating, but until literally. We get Zion back. Yeah, and I, you don't. And you don't know. I don't know. You, 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 then you still got to wait till at least the first, because you know when he comes back, then he's got those those first three games where he dribbles the ball off his legs, and then it goes here and there. <laughs> Dude, it it's always, gonna happen. He's, he's got to play in the shape. Then he's got to yeah. get his handles back. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a it's a never ending story. Unfortunately, yeah, I, <laughs> uh, I mean, I can I can say that the clock's over on Griffin. I mean, it took him too long to make these moves. He's made the right moves this year, but this is the first year. He's made the right moves. Before this year, it's been a train wreck. But now it's too little, too late as far as he goes. And then Zion, who knows, he's he's probably, he's got one foot out the door already as it is going in, you know? Um, oh, no. But, about? you know, oh, like same, I said, here's, here's the, the thing. Same, you don't know, and you just you got to just wait to see what happens, man. I, I don't know. But, yeah, back to the Saints. Just the keys to the game on the Saints. I mean, okay. it's just... It's all Jalen Hurts, man. I mean, every time, the only time we have problems with Jalen Hurts is keep him in the pocket. We can't let him beat us on the outside. If he's going to show up and do like Daniel Jones did, we did the, we did the right thing on Daniel Jones. We kept him in the pocket and made him mm-hmm. throw it and beat us from the pocket. Unfortunately, he looked like Brett Favre that game. But I mean, besides that, that's what right. you got to do. Keep him in the pocket. Don't let him beat you on the outside. And we should be all right against the Eagles. But these tend to be the teams that we, uh, we have problems with. You know, the guy, the teams that we should well. handle. Uh, mobile quarterbacks, we play down to our competition, man. I mean, from from LSU to the Saints to you name it, Pelicans. The teams we should the teams we should beat, we have a problem with. And the teams that we should mop the floors with, us, that's the ones we play our best games against. I tell you what, dude. Um, and, uh, Eagles forty carries, no, two hundred and fourteen yards in the win at, at Denver. Guess what they're going to try to do on Sunday? Run the football. It's to your point. I mean, I look. I but but again. You wonder if they're going to throw Hurst out there. I think they struggled early by having him be a big part of it, um, which is why I think they went to the run game. 
nearly that much. I mean, 40 is a lot. So I don't know. I'm going to be interested is do you plan that way, right? If, if I'm Dennis Allen and I'm putting together my defensive plan this week, am I planning for that? Or am I looking at it as that week? They thought that that would be the best thing to try to do against Denver. And that is not throw. And that's run the football. Well, I don't think they're going to be able to. I mean, the only I don't think they're going to run the ball like that against our defense. I, I mean, it'll be it'll be Jalen Hurts if he gets if he gets the ball running. I don't mm-hmm. see any running back really dominating to that fact to where they're going to be running the ball that much. I mean, even Atlanta, they ran the ball to slow the, to to take the clock away. They wanted mm-hmm. to give us the least amount of possessions because it wasn't effective, but they did it because they had to. It was that they averaged less than like three yards a carry with their running backs. They just right. had to run it to keep us off balance. So I see the Eagles doing similar things, run the ball just because they have to. But, I mean, I don't see as far as the running backs getting much, maybe late, if anything. But I see most of the running yards coming from uh, Jalen Hurts, if any. So if we can keep him contained, I think we should be all right. We just got to find a way to, you know, put points on the board. Because, I mean, I see we moved the ball, but, I mean, you know, we moved the ball this week, and then next week, you know, we might catch the dropsies again. You never know. I hear you, man. Thank you, Keith. Appreciate oh, the phone call. Yeah, well, it's, it's Pete. It's Pete from the West Bank. We just say I Peter. Meant, Peter from the West Bank. That. Make it easy for everybody. It's, it's Keith on my screen, so I called you. I'm sorry, buddy. Pete. Yeah, yeah, from yeah. The I know. Bank. It's all good. I know. <laughs> I normally say Peter. It's all good, Gus. I appreciate it, man. Have a good. Thank one. you, bud. Appreciate it. Uh, by the way, Bye. some news for you, Saints fans. If you're going to go to that game on Thanksgiving next Thursday, Saints and Bills. Drew Brees is back. No, he's not going to quarterback your team. He's going to be calling the game with Mike Tirico, so he'll be in the booth. And the Saints are planning on recognizing him at halftime. So, in addition to a halftime presentation of recognition, because again, he walked off the field last year and not in front of a sold-out dome, which really stinks, right? Um, so, every fan in attendance will receive a commemorative Thank You Drew rally towel. Fans also invited to share their thank you messages to Drew by submitting video messages. Select messages will be played throughout the game on Saints social media and Saints website Thanksgiving week. They're asking that your messages be 30 seconds or less shot horizontally and can be submitted here. That is a pet peeve of mine. When you shoot video people, turn your phone sideways. So turn your phone sideways, do a selfie video if you'd like, or have somebody shoot it. If you want to say thank you to Drew, uh, the team will uh, maybe posted throughout the game and all kinds of uh, social media platforms on the day of the game on Thanksgiving. So team will recognize Drew at halftime and they take on the Bills. So two games in the next couple of days here for the Saints. First one is Philly. Eagles, one and a half point favorite coming up on Saturday. Quick break, more of the sports hangover and we return on your home for Pelicans basketball, ESPN New Orleans. Hey now, you're an all-star, get your game on, go play. Hey now, you're a rock star. Get the show on, get paid. It's fall saving times at Barker Kia, which means you can save on our entire lineup of new Kias. These Kias are packed with value and technology. Best of all, these new Kias come with our famously low Barker Kia price. Take a look at the all-new Ultra Sporty 2022 Kia K5, a rebellious design built to root a road with an 8-inch touchscreen and lane-keeping technology that all comes standard. Or drive home in a new 2022 Kia Sorento, the third-row 7-seat SUV that comes standard with family favorite 
features like smartphone integration. And of course, we have to mention the all-new Kia Carnival MPV. The SUV-inspired van has a radical departure from the usual. Now that says it all. So come save during the fall savings time at Barker Kia and get our famously low Barker Kia price. And you know all these new Kias come with a 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty. That's Barker Kia and Homer. Or shop online at BarkerKia.com. Come see me, people. Warranty is a limited powertrain warranty. See Kia.com or retailer for details. Home health services in South Lafouche are vital right now. Look no further than Lady of the Sea Home Health. For the sick, the elderly, and the homebound, our caring staff makes each day a little brighter, a little better. With quality health care and warm, genuine support, you and your loved ones are most comfortable, content, and independent in your own home. Speak to your physician today about home health services from Lady of the Sea. Call 632-6900 for more information. Want more from your bank? Open a Cajun Pride checking account at State Bank and Trust Company and enjoy the benefits. Unlimited check writing, overdraft protection, online banking, mobile banking, debit card, ID theft assistance, safe deposit box discounts, prescription drug discounts, shopping, travel, entertainment discounts, and much more. Call or come in for more information about applicable fees and terms. State Bank and Trust Company. Cajun Banking. Served just the way you like it. State Bank and Trust Company. Member FDIC. They say that once you give him control, he'll own your brain forever. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. 800-998-1003. A Scott Mimics. The way to follow Scott Prather, ESPN 1420. I didn't tease him because I didn't know he was going to be ready right now. I thought I was planning maybe in hour number three. But, sir, uh, you're much too important to be kept waiting, especially after you provided a healthy amount of crackling still munching on them. They kept me company on my drive to Tuscaloosa on the company on the drive back, sir. So thank you. How are you? I'm good. You, did, did you tell your wife? I know she kind of gets upset at me when I think too bad. She's just worried about your health. Yeah, but you know what? I look. I've dropped a few inches. I dropped a few pounds. So you know what? It's just all to in order to get the the room for the cracklins. You know. So all right, all right. anyway, all right. Let's get the business. Let's get the business. Can we get the business? Right. Let's get let's the business. Yeah. Uh, Billy Napier. We had him on on Tuesday. We spoke about it. Ninth straight win. Uh, massive, massive that they're hosting the Sunbelt Conference Championship game over in Lafayette. He, he went on and on, too, man, about making sure that people would be there. And I know it's one of the things you've tweeted, too. They've had some some quirky games Tuesdays, Thursdays at Cajun Field, and, and, and not a lot of support. But I, I think it's important to, to to have the the people there for that game, huh? Yeah, if, if you don't have the largest crowd of the Billy Napier era, for a Sunbelt Conference championship game in your backyard, then, then shame on you. I mean, really. And I understand that it'll be, you know, one of the things that might be working against it, Gus, is December date, it's kind of close to finals when kids start getting out of college and all of that other stuff. They, they, students, alums, the city, everybody that supports, it needs to be the biggest crowd of the Napier era. Um, they had a strong crowd for the App State game earlier this year, which was on a Wednesday night. They've got App again in that game. And for something, you know, usually this is the time of year Cajun fans start talking about the bowl game. And are they going to the New Orleans Bowl? And who might they play? That really hasn't been the conversation. It's really just been about the conference championship game. And, you know, we say that. And yet, Coach Napier, when he talked to me, was really quick to, he, he, 
he wants his team to just focus on this game Saturday where they're actually a, a four-point betting underdog for yeah. Caesar Sports. We'll check that four and a half. And, you know, I, I talk to Coach Napier every week for the last several years, and he's never once brought up a betting line to me. Mm. He brought it up unprompted in our conversation. Talking point. He, he said, listen, uh, we're, we're, we we got to focus on the Liberty team. They've won 15 in a row at home. They're a four-and-a-half-point favorite. And that's, that's not him – saying I follow betting lines, that's him right. saying I'm telling my team whatever I can to keep them focused on now because the conference championship well, game is still three weeks away. And Scott Malik Willis is either first or second, oh, depending gone. on who you look at, right, as the top quarterback coming out of the draft. So, like, legitimately, I know maybe maybe people are probably hearing, what, Liberty? Look, they're coached by Hugh Freeze, and I'm just telling you, come April, their starting quarterback is going to be first or second taken at the quarterback position. He's he's got the Lamar Jackson. Um, I, I, I'm not going to say he's going to be an MVP in the NFL in you know his, his second year, but that's his style of play. He leads his team in rushing. He leads his team in rushing touchdowns. He obviously leads his team in passing. He you know 21 touchdown passes, 10 touchdowns on the ground. That's over the course of 10 games. I mean the guy is uh, accumulated you know nearly 3,000 yards of the offense this season for his team. He is extremely talented. Uh, he's hard to keep in the pocket. And Liberty's a team, you talk home field advantage, they, you know, betters will tell you, oh, it's worth three points with a few exceptions, right? Maybe Lambeau Field in the winter will get an extra point here or there. Liberty is one of those teams in Lynchburg, Virginia, where they're just a different team at home. And so, oddly enough, you know, if this game was on a neutral field, I don't think Liberty's favored. But yet, if you say, oh, four and a half, go to a neutral field, it should be Liberty minus one and a half. I think their home field means that much. And um, it's, it's going to be a challenge for, for the Cajuns who right now rank 21 in one poll, 22 mm-hmm. in the other. They want to keep marching up those ranks. they got to get this win on Saturday. Scott Prather, ESPN 1420. Uh, how do the Saints fans feel right now, man? I, I, I did not want Angry. this game to be Angry. a must-win game. And I'm going to ask you if it is a must-win game, but tell me why they're angry first. I mean, that was one of the most frustrating loss, regular season losses in, in years. Uh, I'm not saying there haven't been some disappointing ones. But in terms of just sheer anger, I mean, whether it was the, the, the awful roughing the passer call, whether it was Adam Troutman, whether it was more drops, whether it was the fumble to start the second half, whatever it might be, just taking – you know, one step forward, two step backwards, taking a while for the offense to get going. You could point to so many areas of that game, whether it be the two missed extra points for crying out loud, right? There were so many aspects of that game that were incredibly frustrating. And to, to, to leave there with a loss um, and, and, you know, to be missing the players you have, to now lose more players. And it, it was, I mean, we're even, I, all the reasons I said and some, that was such a frustrating game on Sunday. And I'm still getting mad just talking about it. I'm not much of a day drinker, Gus, but unless I'm on vacation, but I had to chug a lot. I mean, a bunch of beers after that one. Just (laughs) play with my kids for a while because I'm not even kidding. I was like, I was mad. I didn't even know I could still get mad like that watching the Saints since I had kids. But that anger found me on Sunday, man. And and you said it. Now you're going to a Philly game. Must win. I'm not going to say must win because in the NFC, you know, the battle for the six and seven seed is, is going to be a bit jumbled, but you know the Saints—they're—they're—they're they're, they're very much still in the playoff mix, even with a loss. And I get 
that they're playing Buffalo after that and then Dallas. I get that. But uh, I won't go as far as say must win, but, man, it's, it's, it's just whatever, whatever the notch below must win is, that's what this one is for the Saints on Sunday. And that's what I was going to say because, look, I'm just being a realist, right? Buffalo's a good football team. Dallas is a good football team and playing well this year. I, I know they lost to Denver in between. This is a good football team. Let's not be mistaken. Um, and the Buccaneers are a good football team. I know they lost to Washington, but that's at Tampa. That's tough. And then you got that game, man, that just, you know, it's it's that at the Jets, you, you just don't know if it's going to be cold and snowing. It's just you can't lose this game. I, I know you've lost two straight and you're still in the sixth seed, let's not keep testing how long you can keep going and still stay in the playoff race, right? So you just can't, you can't lose this game, Scott. I mean, I, it, it is absolutely, to me, a must-win, especially on a short week where you got Buffalo coming up in eight days. Get the win. Get a little cushion. Um, I guess I, I won't go as far as you because I feel like they're still in the playoff mix with a loss. But then you're going to have to go win some games that you're not going to be favored in if you lose this one. Uh, and I get that they're not a favorite in this one, but it's I wouldn't mind Philly minus one. I mean, it's close. Mm-hmm. And so uh, establish the damn run. You know, I, I know that's what they wanted to do the last two weeks. And because of other mistakes, they've fallen behind. I and mean, they need to activate Juwan Johnson against Atlanta because they figure out oh, we're going to run the ball a lot. Let's put Garrett Griffin in. Well, you know, again, one step forward, two steps back. All the mistakes, suddenly you're down double digits in the second half and you have to start throwing it a lot. You're down double digits in the fourth quarter. You're having to alter your game plan a little bit in Tennessee. You know, I, I think they want to establish to run. And you look at the average yards per game, what Ingram's done the last two weeks, it's been good. But because of the other mistakes, they haven't been able to sort of stick with their game plan and, and sort of dictate the pace of play. That's going to be their goal Sunday, but – you know, if there's anything like the last two weeks, Gus, they're probably going to have to throw that out in the second half, and then we're all just going to hold on to our butts and see what happens because it'll mm-hmm. probably be a close finish. Got a minute left here, sir. Uh, Pels take on Miami tonight. And, look, Zion got cleared for one-on-ones. The graph gave me some info to be able to clarify. You don't need full practices. You can still find a way to get the five-on-five work. I, I, I circled December 1st at home against Dallas as to when I think Zion will play. It's getting closer to being able to at least finally see the starting five that we were meant to see. I'll be almost two months into the season. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I, I, that's what I'm waiting for. What's, what's Zion's conditioning going to be, you know, Will Gilry says, you know, it's, it's better than most people are making it out to be. Um, I want to see. I want to see this team with Zion and Ingram in the lineup and see what they have. See these role players and if how they fit around those guys because that's when you truly get a feel for how either poorly or solidly or somewhere in between constructed the roster truly is. We just haven't got that yet. And as far as tonight's game, I mean, look, I think I know Jimmy Butler has been out. Um, you know, uh, Bam Adebayo is day to day. So Miami may not have all of their people. We'll, we'll learn a little bit more later. But this is a game that Miami's a big favorite in in terms of a road team in the NBA. But uh, how do they respond? You know, if it's close in the fourth quarter, do you try to go ISO constantly with Brandon Ingram and then just blow a lead? Or do you keep that ball movement going? Uh, Valanciunas, especially if Adebayo doesn't play, I think it'd right. be a big game. You know, I'd like to match up with him and Deadman, who's also day-to-day. So, you know, depending on who Miami doesn't have tonight, it's it's we might be in for a close game. We'll see. It's a very good point. How do they respond? Because that 
if it was gut wrenching from our perspective, then it was for me. I was angry. I was like, how do you lose that game? Um, it's gotta be tough to come back and, and get that energy, you know, uh, to play, but you have to. I mean, it's, it's the only way to do it, but that is interesting. Um, how do they respond? Scott Prather, he's going to win tonight, man. You know, there Miami's you know. got what? I mean, the Pels have lost five straight on the road. Let's, you know, you, you snap one streak last week, try to snap another negative streak tonight. That's Scott Mimics, the way to follow on Twitter. Thank you, sir. We'll speak again next week. All right, guys. Appreciate it, brother. Hour one in the books. Hour two next on your home for Pelicans basketball, ESPN New Orleans. Oh,